spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Cicero. The chief offsite correspondent uh, reminds me that Galertner, by the way, was uh, looked at to be Trump's science advisor. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was in 1993 when uh, he opened a letter uh, sent by Ted Kaczynski. And Ted was an anti-technology guy. And uh, Galertner is a very much an expert on technology. The current science advisor is Michael Kratzios. Michael so Kratzios? Did, the, the job did not uh, end up with Galertner. Gotcha. Let's get back to this, please. And we must visit the failed academy, if you might. Uh, failed academy. Let's do it. Oh, where to begin? Where to begin? All in all, it's just a brick in the wall. The parents of a North Carolina fifth grader are upset after their son was punished and threatened by a teacher for referring to her as what? How do you refer to her? How do you, uh, teacher, how, what, what compelled um, this threat to this fifth grade child? Uh, Mrs. Wilson. He referred to her as ma'am. Why is that wrong? The that's student. A, yeah, what's wrong that's with that? That's a term of well, respect. Of course, that, that's why we're bringing it up. Because oh. in GL, this would not have been a story. I call the women in my life ma'am and they blush. They get all happy. and <laughs> Oh, aren't you a dear? The student, <laughs> Tamarian they don't give his last name, was forced to write lines during class for saying something most considered polite, responding, yes, ma'am, to the female teacher. Oh, that's the response I would want. He had a look of disappointment and shame, said Tamarian's uh, father, MacArthur Bryant, of his son's demeanor after school that day. At the end of the day, as a father, to feel kind of responsible for that, knowing that I have been raising him and doing the best I can, it's not acceptable. In addition to having to fill a page... Uh, Front and back with the word ma'am, the teacher allegedly told Tamarian that she would have thrown something at him if she had something to throw. Oh, violence. The teacher admitted to saying that, but claimed she was joking and that she figured Tamarian understood that she wasn't serious. The teacher sent Tamarian home with the punishment sheet to be signed by his parents. Tamarian's parents, Bryant and his mother, Teretha Wilson, there's too many last names here. Right. Uh, sent the punishment sheet back to the school, but attached a second page in which Tamarian wrote several dictionary definitions of ma'am, sending the message that there was no disrespect involved. After a meeting with the school principal and the teacher earlier this week, the parents requested Tamarian be moved to a different classroom, which the principal allowed. Still, Bryant worries about how that teacher might treat other kids. If it happened to my son, I'm pretty sure if not a week, a day, a month, a year, it will occur to somebody else's child, Brian said. The school did not have much to say about the incident, only releasing a short statement. This is a personnel matter which has been handled appropriately by the K-7 principal. Okay, so it's her own insanity. Right. So there's no, uh, and reporting not being what it used to be, we don't really know why this knucklehead uh, uh, could make herself become offended by the use of the word ma'am. There's a picture of here of the sheet of paper on which this kid had to write ma'am about a thousand times. Mm. Wow. Isn't that something? Uh, That's over the top. It's a pain in the uh, butt to write the word, too. M-A apostrophe A-M. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So over and over and over. What officially was she? Well, that's what we don't know. Uh, Wouldn't that be a key? Did this, did this uh, cross some line of feminism with her or age or, or what? I have no idea. Because you can be yes, ma'am. You know, uh, I've been yes, ma'am, no, ma'am all my life. Right. 
I've never run, in, uh, run into a problem with it. Mm. Let's go out to California. All right, going on west. One California school district is uh, being both championed and condemned for its new dress code instated, uh, instated for the current school year. It allows students to sport looks that include tube tops, ripped jeans, and pajamas. <laughs> In recent weeks, the Alameda Unified School District rolled out a revised dress code policy on a year-long trial period, which the San Francisco Chronicle describes as among the most permissive in the Bay Area. While those students uh, enter, uh, while those students enrolled in the San Jose area district are still required to wear bottoms, tops, shoes, and clothing that covers genitals, buttocks, and uh, uh, nipples. Oh, okay. We they do otherwise have, have a whole lot of freedom. We call them nips. I yeah, guess in the right. business, right? According to the policy, hats, hoodie, sweatshirts, <laughs> leggings, yoga pants, skinny jeans, midriff bearing tops, pajamas, ripped jeans. Uh, tank tops, including spaghetti straps, halter tops, and tube, t- tube tops are all fair game. Sweatpants, shorts, skirts, dresses, pants, religious headwear, athletic attire, and clothing with logos are also allowed. Meanwhile, the youth are barred from wearing anything with language or imagery promoting drugs, alcohol, violence, hate speech, profanity, or pornography, as well as visible undies or bathing suits. Huh. Mm-hmm. Visible undies. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so you got to put your belt on? Is that what that yeah, I can is, see your is undies, that what that Kenny. Is I think saying? So. Yeah. We believe these changes will reduce <laughs> inequitable and unnecessary discipline and help us maximize learning time. Stephen Fong, the uh, chief academic officer of the district, said, as per Teen Vogue's report on trail on the trailblazing anti dress code. Uh, reps for the uh, Alameda United, United School District told the Chronicle that school board officials agreed to change the dress code after some female students complained about feeling body shame from enforcement of the old dress code last year. Boy, they get all the terms right, don't they? Mm-hmm. They know exactly what to say. Well, give me an example. Uh, how were they body <clears throat> shamed? Uh, uh, from where I'm looking, something um, to do with the yoga pants, right? Which are the best invention ever. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and they don't lie. No, no, they, they tell the current conditions, and everything's fine with me. I, I have yet to see a, I have a yet to see a pair I don't like. You've not been offended <laughs> yet, ever, oh, not okay. once. No, there'll be no body shaming from this guy. <laughs> mm. Supporters applaud the change on Facebook, calling for an end to shaming the female body and praising the freedom of expression. I, I have no idea how a, a female student uh, with a dress code could have been body shamed. Doesn't this open up uh, yeah, for would, more mischief? You would think so. Because now you'll be revealing, uh, you'll be wearing more revealing clothing. Yes. Doesn't an education, high school, whatever, it prepares you for the real world. And if I got you correctly, it's okay to wear your jammies at school? Yeah, they can wear their pajamas. The only career that sets you up for is a career in radio, which is, (laughs) no, I'm serious, which is not a career you should think about when you're sober. I worked with, down the hall, my talk, down the hall, worked there. They had a producer there who I absolutely loved, young April. Three out of five days a week, April would do her show. She was the producer. Do the show in her jammies. No, no, no. no. And For real? She, no. And she would brush her teeth 
No, behind the microphone. I don't. I, yeah, and you she, found that you found that agreeable. She had two kids. She was stretched super thin. Yeah, and tired all the time, as anybody who has two kids will be. Mm-hmm. Right. And she would change when she got here and do her teeth. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> like Barbara Carlson. I, I really respected her for that. I thought you were going to say that wearing pajamas <laughs> prepares you for a career of just wearing pajamas. Yeah, yeah or doing radio. Or it's doing the same radio, I guess. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I told these guys it never happened. Uh, I told I these knew guys this was coming. Up. I told these guys I wanted to do what I would have called a pajama cam uh, on the on the GL website, and all I wanted to do was go to Walmart or Target or whatever, and I just wanted to at, at wanted them to find people going yes. there in pajamas, yes, and ask be polite and ask them civil <laughs> questions about uh, you know do you currently know who the Secretary of State is, and 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 I was I was prepared to find it axiomatic that if if, if 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 you were talking to somebody in pajamas, they would have not gotten one answer no. correct about anything I would have sent you to the site with. Now, Matt, you would say it wasn't that you wouldn't do that, or you couldn't do that. Yeah, it wasn't that I couldn't. You just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. You mean Secretary of State in Minnesota? However, yeah. I think... No, anywhere. I think for this upcoming <laughs> podcast and and features that we really want to uh, highlight, I think you... I, for, I'm not just saying this. Yeah. I think I, you're going to get your audio. Really? I do. I... I I'm willing. I, I'm well. I'm I'm cl- I'm being closer to willing to do that. Uh, I'm I'm really happy you're taking yeah. that under advisement. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. either that or or what, Matt? Or pretty much do nothing and just kind of <laughs> hang out in your jammies, right? In my Who's jammies. on line one, Reeves? Uh, that's Tom. Tom. Hi, Joe. Hi. This is one. Of, this is one of the few times that I've called you that it, uh, I've called to agree that library fine thing is just B as in B, S as in S, as you would say. And I, I just wanted to call in this last week and say I, I've really enjoyed listening to you, even though we don't agree on a whole lot of things. And my, my dad passed away 18 years ago, and, and in the past 18 years, I thought on many occasions as world events have unfolded that I'm glad my dad isn't alive to see this stuff. Yeah. And I'm starting to think about that myself in that way. We're, we're starting to see stuff that... Uh, God, I never thought I would. Anyway, good luck. Thanks for everything, and uh, we'll listen to the podcast. All right, thank you. I think what he was saying but didn't want to say is that he's been converted to GL. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cooties? Yeah, he's got some cooties. Another, another uh, uh, story. He's that, itching his fingers I, right it's, now. It's, it's killing me. It's the, it first finger, it's the first finger on my right hand. Put some calamine on Ooh. that thing. Calamine. <laughs> Keep it out of your mouth. Okay, yeah. Dr. Baker. Yeah. Uh, another piece I saved from last week because I have a larger point to make about it, but maybe you guys read this, that St. Paul is going to pay 250 grand to settle a human right, uh, uh, to settle human rights directors, potential civil claim. Uh, the St. Paul city council will vote. Uh, maybe they voted on whether to settle a claim, uh, by a department director for 250 grand. Jessica Kingston is the director of the Human Rights and Equal Economic Opportunity Department, which oversees contract analysis, procurement, and printing for the city. Department employees also staff the Human Rights and Equal Economic Opportunity Commission, the Mayor's Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and the Police Civilian Internal Affairs Review Commission. She, uh, Kingston became the director in September of 2012. The seven-page settlement agreement, which Kingston signed Aug. 23, indicates you will be placed on paid leave of absence, effective that same date through the end of her scheduled term of office in October. Under terms of the agreement, 
She will agree not to seek reappointment to her position through the year 2024 or apply for any other position with the city. Her medical benefits will also continue through October 31st. Wow. The legal settlement provides no other description of her claim. None. But states that the two hundred and fifty grand will cover damages and attorney's fees. The city admits no wrongdoing, and the settlement avoids litigation. How can they hide behind all that without... If there's that much money being, no, listen, we need to redo, yeah, redo this. Right. City Council President Amy Brendamone said the issue was a private personnel matter, and she couldn't discuss details. Brendamone referred questions to the city's attorney's office, which said it couldn't comment because the matter involves private personnel data as defined by state statute. Remember that term, state okay. statute. I'm going to even underline it right there to come back state to it. State statute. <laughs> With an underlined pencil. I actually did it, didn't I? I know you did. Yeah. Uh, a reporter's request for, this is a Pioneer Press, a reporter's request for more information was not returned. Uh, and the city's Department of Human Rights, Mayor Melvin Carter's office announced this week that the city will assemble hiring panels of city residents to screen applicants for this position. Uh, she earns $69.30 an hour, the equivalent to about one hundred and forty-four grand annually. Okay. We, the taxpayers, this would be true of any city in the country, we're now on the hook for this. We have no idea what got stuck in her craw. We have, uh, we have no idea what took place. But she was able to get two hundred and fifty grand. What was, what was, the, uh, what was the, uh, the two words I underlined? A state statute. statute. State statute. The public class enjoys greater and more numerous walls of privacy than the private sector. Oh, yes. And yes. it's an outrage, and it's all done legislatively. So it's an important question. You might want to add to uh, your list of questions whenever a prospective candidate comes door knocking. Do you intend uh, to continue uh, to vote for increased protection and privacy enjoyed by the public class that is not enjoyed by uh, the private sector. And if they say yes, they, they're not getting your vote. Right. That this is that. Why should it be that this woman, uh, without without us knowing a thing, gets two hundred and fifty grand? The city gets to say we didn't do anything wrong. The city attorney's office hides behind its privacy protection laws, but they're all enacted at the legislature. Mm -hmm. The city of St. Paul uh, is merely taking advantage of them as any city would uh, in the country. And we've come, we come across it with uh, uh, the most famous one was the school. Uh, uh, the uh, who, who was the girl and the woman in Burnsville? Uh, yeah. Um. No, we, she got a lot of money. We never knew why. Right. Uh, and and now this woman uh, is going to get a lot of money. We don't know why. And it might when be. When did that start? When it might be for reasons that wouldn't even cause a flare up in the private sector. We don't know. That's true. Maybe she, I don't know anything about her and I'm not, I'm not suggesting I do. Was she referred to by the wrong pronoun? I, I don't know. I, I'm just well, making that up. There I mean, would be, okay, at, at some point in time, uh, people were smart enough to say, uh, we don't want to reveal everything because of a, a, a serious personal problem. But if somebody's being paid off because of whatever... Well, we don't know. And we're that not, should be revealed. But worse, 
the legislature has made it so that we are not entitled to know. Just keep paying. They work for us. Yeah. They yeah. work for us. Mm-hmm. My goodness. 250 grand to settle a human rights claim, a, a civil claim, and we have, I have no idea what it could be about. None. They, in fact, don't work for us. We're, uh, we're just a pain in their ass is what mm-hmm. we are. We're a nuisance to their, uh, to their existence. But just remember that, voters. These, these walls of privacy were built legislatively. So you got to take it up with right. your, your representative. That should be our pushback. little pushback. Uh, we'll be back shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business. And nobody does that better than Federated. It's Raisa K from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. Well, folks, U.S. manufacturers. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. How are you guys? Very good, thank you. Well, we had a hot August. Uh, U.S. manufacturers had excellent business conditions, surging to a 14-year high. That's according to a survey of industry executives. The Institute for Supply Management Manufacturing Index jumped to 61% last month from 58% in July. Amazon crossed the trillion-dollar mark today, briefly becoming the second U.S. company after Apple to reach that lofty valuation. The stock has surged 75% in 2018 and added more than $435 billion to the company's market cap. As the Wall Street Journal sums it up, roughly the size of Walmart, Costco, and Target combined. Amazon shares are up about 1.5%. A gain for Apple at today's close would stretch that stock's win to nine sessions, the fifth time that happened since it rose for 10 straight sessions in October 2010. Apple stock is trading a third of a percentage point higher. And Shore Packaging of Illinois crunched Google searches and census estimates to find which cities are hardest hit by porch pirates. People who brazenly steal packages delivered to online shoppers before they bring them inside. San Francisco is the number one city where Amazon package stolen is most Googled per capita. Seattle's in second place and number three is Minneapolis. Stocks are modestly lower. The Dow Industrials off 21 points. The Nasdaq minus 18 and the S&P 500 off five points. That's your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thank you very much. We'll chat again next hour. Matthew, I have a question for you. I want you in the next, how many seconds do we have left here? 30? Nine, eight, oh. seven. That gives you just enough time to tell us everything you need to uh, know about. Uh, Fridley. Commencing Garage Logic Segment number eight. With John Height. Thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by It's Just Lunch. We have clouds, rain, 75 degrees. The Twins are in Houston again tonight, where they'll play the Houston Astros. Twins will start Trevor May. Uh, he'll only pitch an inning or two, though, before the Twins bring in somebody else. And Justin Verlander pitches for the Astros. I held out the uh, what I now know to be the unreasonable hope that they would have gotten to 500. They're not going to. No, no, not chance i used to be i'm the the biggest optimist of all time and i'm even going no they're not gonna no. it's not gonna well, not a chance no, really not a chance. Yeah. i mean they're running out of they're running out of it now mathematically literally yeah i have not uh yeah i, I watch them religiously but i haven't turned a game on in about three days now yeah i'm about the same i had a lot going on over the weekend i didn't uh didn't catch much of you got the a lot going game. on in your mind i'm a mom 
Antoine Winfield named Big Ten co-special teams player of the week after he returned to punt 76 yards for a touchdown in the Gophers' season-opening win over New Mexico State Thursday night. He'll share the award with Michigan defensive back Ambria Thomas, who had a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the loss at Notre Dame. Winfield missed the final eight games of last season because of a hamstring injury. He broke five tackles on that punt return. He also made five tackles on defense. Back to the Twins. Yeah. Can you guys, any of you guys, watch a Twins game on TV and not be morally invested? What do you mean morally? morally? No, not morally, um, um, psychologically. Morally. Can you watch it and not give a rat's behind? Sure. No, I, I just want like no, to win. No, no, that's a lie from you, Chris. I, I always want him to win. Cannot. I'm always well, yeah. For I'm always so if fifth inning they're down. Oh, seven, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. Fifth inning they're done, down seven runs. I are, still are you mad? Are yes. you still holding out hope? Uh, mad would be too strong a word, but I'm still holding out hope that they might get a rally going. I, I discovered this Smithsonian channel, and I learned the other night all about how <laughs> oh Tabasco Lord, sauce is made. What the hell? That Isn't is that a great channel? <laughs> it's just fantastic. That's the channel that has Ariel America. That's where I learned about Tabasco oh sauce. Oh, my God, I love Ariel America. Made in Louisiana by the same family, McHenry, I think. Same family for yep. over 100 they years. They do a flyby right? with their little yep. Uh, yep. unmanned yep. little thing. Yeah. Smith uh, Bridge uh, Reavers, we know you cannot watch a Minnesota team without yelling at the Sure, I misunderstood your question, but but like now I know that they're out of it, so you're you're less emotionally invested. But still, I guarantee But still you are, yes. You watch tonight's loss, you're going to be mad. But it will be thing, not necessarily that they're losing, but if a mistake is made, that's what makes me upset. Like, uh, not throwing to the right cutoff, man. Things like that are are what drive me nuts. I just, I think I just fainted a little bit. (laughs) I blacked out a little during that. that. Yeah, that's right. News notes from today. The 2018 Minnesota State Fair not only set an overall attendance record, but reached a new milestone in the process. Officials said today a total of 2,046,533 people visited the fair over its 12-day run, marking the first time fair attendance has crossed the 2 million mark. The old record of 1,997,320 was set last year. This year's fair wrapped up yesterday when 171,588 people came through the gates. In all, the 2018 fair set five different daily attendance records. And yes, Saturday was the busiest single day ever in fair history. Total of 270,426 people came through. I have perhaps what's a dumb question. I think I might have just answered it. Mm -hmm. Are there any records... From 50 years ago, or all these records are, are modern, or current, right? Oh, they, I would think they're all modern era, don't you think, or current? Yes. Like Just because of the availability. There's more, and there's more people, more yeah. money, You're shipping more, buses in after yeah. bus, yeah. and that's... In other words, in 1958, it would have been interesting to, just to pick a year, just to look at the daily attendance figures. Yeah. Yes. That probably could be done. Probably available, I would think. And yeah. I think they do that on the Smithsonian <laughs> 2 channel. They just read you um, numbers for attendance, and you. some people love it. Humor me. Yep. See yeah. if you can Google uh, state fair Minnesota State Fair attendance by year and, uh, and see when they... Uh, also, I'd like you to humor me, Matthew. Who is the Secretary of the State for the United States of America? <laughs> I'm wearing pajamas, so I'm not allowed to answer <laughs> that's, that that's, that's the uh, correct answer. Now, on the final day of the Mike state Pompeo. fair. Yeah, it is. And, Joe, I I'm have, wearing trousers. I have to admit, I... I, I knew he was Italian. I, I looked it up. Yeah. On the final day of the state fair, because I haven't attended the Labor Day in, in years, but is it 
you know, the the garage bargain shopping where they're walking up to booths and thinking they can I, I would bargain. Oh, so. Yeah. You it's know, like the last so. day of a flea market. Right. Yeah. You know, because if, like, I was in communication with a KS95 employee yesterday going, can I get that shirt for $3? Yeah. You know, things like that. <laughs> you don't want to take that shirt home right. with you, do you? <laughs> Sit on it for a whole year and right. then drag it out here again next right. year. <laughs> President Trump. That's how I buy anvils. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's that that thing's three hundred pounds. There's no way you want to carry that to your car. What do you use an anvil? Do you, yeah, do you for? collect them? What or? did they make anvils for? Uh, horseshoeing. Well, it's it's a black, black, more, it's blacksmithing. A, blacksmithing. Yeah, yeah. That's what I use them for. All right, you metal better. Huh? You, you find metal better? Did you find metal, any metal attendance? Uh, I have attendance records. <laughs> they haven't. They didn't break it down per year. Okay. What would you like to know? I, I was just wondering what the state fair attendance was. Pick a year in the 50s. I mean, you hit 2 million this year. What was total state fair attendance in 1955? 800,000 Okay, before we get to that, I'm going to answer your first question. Okay. Here's the attendance records for like the first Thursday, first Friday. Yeah. These are the years. It'll be all current, I bet. 2018, 16, 18. First Sunday record was 1994. Yeah. The rest are all very late 2017 right. or 18. Now, now while you're looking up these total attendance, pick a year in the 50s, John Height continues with the news. President Trump's closest aides have taken extraordinary measures in the White House to try to stop what they saw as his most dangerous impulses, going so far as to steal and hide papers from his desk so he wouldn't sign them. That according to a new book from journalist Bob Woodward. Woodward writes his book is drawn from hundreds of hours of interviews with first-hand participants and witnesses that were conducted on deep background, meaning the information could be used, but he would not reveal who provided it. His account is also drawn from meeting notes, personal diaries, and government documents, he said. Many of the feuds and daily clashes have been well documented, but the picture painted by Trump's confidant, senior staff, and cabinet officials reveal that many of them see an even more alarming situation. Woodward offers a devastating portrait of a dysfunctional Trump White House detailing how senior aides, both current and former, grew exasperated with the president and increasingly worried about his erratic behavior, ignorance, and penchant for lying. Chief of Staff John Kelly describes Trump as an idiot and unhinged. According to Woodward, Defense Secretary James Mattis described the president as having the understanding of a fifth or sixth grader. And Trump's former personal lawyer, John Dowd, described the president as a bleeping liar. He didn't say bleep, though. Telling uh, Trump that he would end up in an orange jumpsuit if he tried to testify to special counsel Robert Mueller. Former Republican Senator John Kyle was named today to succeed the late Senator John McCain with the announcement coming. Is at that the not start. the most depressing thing you've heard? Oh my God, that's an awful story. Which one? The one the, you just the read. Previous one. Yeah. No, this, this isn't the left calling him out. No. This is these are his, his people. His people. Yeah. Oh, that's horribly depressing. Uh, Kyle will take over McCain's spot. But business is booming. Yeah. Arizona GOP Governor Doug Ducey announced the selection via Twitter while saying during a subsequent news conference that Arizonians needed a person who would be able to hit the ground running. Uh, Kyle is 76 years old, probably a short-term pick. He only committed to fill the Senate seat until early next year out of what he called a sense of duty. Ray Woolley was a radio operator for the British during World War II. He served in the Royal Navy and the Special Boat Service Special Forces, and he's been an avid scuba diver for the last 58 years. Woolley set a record last year for being the world's oldest scuba diver. Then this Saturday, at the age of 95, he broke his own record. He dived for 44 minutes at a depth of 133 feet off the coast of Cyprus, where he currently lives. Woolley, who attributes... Do you have a rope tied to him with a bobber? <laughs> 
I would hope so. Where's Gramps? Where oh, I see him. Go? I see his floater out there. He's under. <laughs> Bobber's Whoa. down. Bobber's down. Go get him. Wooly. Fish on. <laughs> Wooly attributes his longevity to an active lifestyle, joined a group of other divers to explore the Zenobia, a cargo shipwreck near the town of Larnaca. He said, if I can inspire just one person to get up out of that chair and do something, that's great. He said, it's lovely to break my own record again, and I hope if I can keep fit, I'll break it again next year with all of you. There's some fat idiot in his 50s working on the radio, making fun of this guy. Exactly. He's a hero. You know what? I'm a, I'm a moron. You find anything, Ruck? I'm a dumb. I, I didn't, so Jeez. I have emailed the State Fair. That I'm sure boy. there's a link. All right. Because... I wanted to. Right. It wasn't because I couldn't. It's because I wanted I to. I want to know how many people showed up for that day that the, the uh, two locomotives got a running start. Oh, and yeah. Crashed oh, yeah. into each other head on. That had to have a good crowd. Oh, I'd think? pay good money to see that. Most That'd be definitely. fantastic. Or the day that uh, the, the wing walker, Kitty, Kitty, Kitty Middleton. Kitty Middleton. In the plane and Kitty crashed right out there in the grandstand. Mm. That was oh. the end of that act. Wow. <laughs> right. Did Captain uh, Dynamite what ever Brown perform had, that? I had that song on the, uh, who am I thinking of, Rick? We had this it was uh, Manford Man's Earth no, Band. <laughs> no. It was a wonderful song about uh, Katie Middleton. Yeah, give me a second. Yeah. I, I can see his name. Well, you're thinking Kate Middleton. No, this was uh, K- Kitty. It's not that guy you had singing that funeral yeah, dirge. Yeah, song. <laughs> funeral no, dirge no, last no, week, yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh, God. I started crying during that song about Harmon Killebrew. Oh, that yeah, was something. He, he did oh, That's what he said. And you'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 75 degrees still here in the Twin Cities. Should reach a high of about 77. And uh, we're expecting to see locally heavy rain continue. There's been periods of heavy rain already from the downtown areas northwestward. Southeastern parts of the Twin Cities have been pretty much left high and dry for now. But that's going to change as we go through the next couple of hours. A large shield of showers and thunderstorms is building to our south and southwest. And that's going to slide east-northeastward right up over the Twin Cities over the next couple of hours. It's going to be a wet ride home for a lot of folks for the evening commute. Uh, heavy downpours, frequent lightning strikes, some small hail possible in some of these storms. Uh, most of the activity that's going to be severe, though, is going to be limited to the far southeastern part of our state. I think from Rochester over toward Winona and then down toward La Crosse, Wisconsin, best chance for getting a few severe storms there. For us here in the metro, then, heavy rain. Another inch or two of rain is possible overnight tonight, 64 for the overnight low. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and mild, 73 for the high. Very comfortable days. I had Thursday and Friday, same story, mid-70s for highs. Over the weekend, an isolated shower or thunderstorm is a possibility, not a washout for either day. High temperatures in the mid-70s, Saturday and Sunday. And then we jump to 78 on Monday and up to 82 by Tuesday of next week. Again, today, Joe, really watching the showers and storms increase in intensity a little later on today. Uh, locally heavy rainfall. Right now we're at 75, and I have the records for the day. August 4. 98. 98. In 1925. In 1925. 39. 39. 1974. In 1974. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, proving why he is the chief offsite correspondent. Kelsey has provided me state fair attendance from every state fair. Right there. Oh, good. I just right got there. that as well. Yeah. Just as I expected. Uh, att
one million seven thousand one hundred and one in nineteen fifty five. That was it. Hmm. Uh, you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Physical education teachers in Alabama should avoid such recess staples as tag, dodgeball, and duck-duck-goose due to the game's lack of physical stimulation and high chance of embarrassment for students, according to a guidance document from the Alabama State Department of Education. The the document, uh, first posted two years ago but updated this week, was shared Tuesday by the Auburn University at Montgomery Physical Education Program, and quickly spread on social media. Uh, Titled Inappropriate Activities Games Practices, the document lists activities that are highly recommended and suggested not be allowed in a physical education program in Alabama. It cites a list of reasons for the warnings, including high likelihood of injury, potential for embarrassment, or singling out a student in front of the class, or focus on eliminating a student from participation, or overemphasis on fun with no purpose or objective. Alabama State Department of Education inappropriate activities. Yoga, dodgeball, duck, duck, goose, giants, elves, and wizards. What the hell is that? It's, it's, by the way, it's duck, duck, gray duck. Yeah, but they call it Duck, Duck, Goose. Yeah, well, they're wrong. Yeah, Kickball, musical bad. chairs, relay races, steal the bacon. Ever play steal the bacon? Well, I thought hey, that no, was... I think th- it's something different. Yeah, I thought that was an adult Yeah, style. back when we were dating 1887, only. 1887, <laughs> You want me to go no, up the list? No, no, no. I want you to these games you can't play anymore. Oh. Specific student games or activities to avoid. Crack the whip. Huh. Dodgeball. Crack the whip is when you have hold hands and try to... Shove the last kid off. Doggy, doggy, where's your bone? Well, I played that a lot. That was more. Yeah, you enough. played that, haven't you? Yeah, right. just this morning. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Right duck, duck. Work. Got up at three thirty. <laughs> doggy, now what? What happens now? Uh, duck, duck, goose. Four corners. Heads up, seven up. I don't oh, yeah. know that one. We used to play that one. Line soccer, kickball. Messy backyard. Well, Whoa. that sounds a lot like oatmeal ass to me. We had some rough girls that we went to grade school with, and they didn't play kickball. They played kickballs. <laughs> yeah. Musical chairs, pinball, red light, green light, red rover, relay races, Simon says. What? Spud, steal the bacon, and this, tag. This has to be a joke. It's not. This is from. This country uh, was built on those games. No, no, Where is no, this no, from? This, this Alabama. Those are games our parents were playing. It's Alabama. Red Rover? Mm. Why is Red Rover bad? Simon says. That's the oldest, dumbest game in the whole world. Duck, R- duck, goose, which I, I agree with Kenny duck. should be called duck, yes. duck, gray duck. They call that a game of minimal participation. The chosen goose attempts to get up from a sitting position to try to catch the ducker who only has to go about 60 feet and already had a full running head start. It's a fantastic game. Everyone else just sits and screams at ear-shattering pitch and decibel levels. Yeah. What would they say about uh, Twister for the uh, the adult version? Is no. that still okay? Giants, elves, and wizards. Don't know what that is. No. Participation time is at a bare minimum. The rules take forever to explain, and even then the students are confused. The uh, game usually ends when two students crash heads together. Oh. Yeah. Concussion. Ha ha. Dodgeball. <laughs> You're uh, knocked out. You got knocked the bleep out. Dodgeball, they think's too dangerous. Well, uh, that's what that's the only reason it's fun. How about catch the pickle? Did that? No, I, I don't know that that I haven't seen it. that one yet. Those pickles can be slippery. Red Rover. Uh no red rover. Why? Uh well I, And that's where I there's two know. lines of people, right? And everybody rover, holds red it. rover yeah, you try to break right through. And, and you call somebody out and they come running and try to break 
Yeah. You try to break the chain. Right. There's nothing... I don't know how they could find that offensive to whomever. Yoga apparently crosses some line uh, uh, connecting the practice to Hindu religious training. Uh, okay. All I know is a lot of people fart during yoga. Really? That's what I've been told. Yeah. Well, that'll it, happen. It you smells know. gassy. You should bring a recorder next time you do at the yoga class. We can use those sounds. Me in a yoga position? Oh, I heard a great... <laughs> You're uh, probably the guy tooting. <laughs> I heard a great term, an old Southern term, uh... For if someone passes gas, yeah. uh, they are often told to tuck up, tuck up, <laughs> tuck up. That's it? Well, yeah. Well, that was pretty funny. What does that mean? I don't know. Tuck what up. does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. In London or? You go tuck up. If you don't do, passing gas, you're having a laugh. Man. Man. Pe- people. Human. He- humans. Human. Losing sight of nature or their relationship with it. Uh, a moose drowned in Lake Champlain after people crowded around the animal to take its picture. Oh. And it, the poor would, moose got spooked. It wouldn't come out of the water. Fish and, wild, well, just a minute. Fish and Wildlife Warden Robert Courier said the moose swam across, uh, south, uh, south, uh, swam across the lake from New York to South Hero, Vermont on Saturday. He said he made it onto land but was forced to back himself into the water, likely feeling threatened by onlookers. The moose succumbed to exhaustion and drowned. Oh, oh, why don't you leave that. the poor moose alone, oh. you morons? Why did I think people in Vermont might be have more instinctive you would think. knowledge have, about nature? They would have more interaction. Well, they're away from the tallest buildings. Courier said he wasn't there when the moose reentered the water, but believes onlookers played a role based on what he heard from them and from local authorities. It was struggling pretty good at that point. We were waiting for a boat to respond to try to assist it. But before the boat arrived, it had drowned, he said Monday. It was rough out there, four to five foot swells. Well, and the moose was pooped from swimming across the lake in the first place. Right. And the same people that called 911 on this are the same people responsible for its death. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is what's killing the moose in northern Minnesota. Could be. Photography. (laughs) That would be a very odd way to... Remember that bit we used to do called Guests We'll Never Have? Loved that one. Well, it came from a, a radio and TV interview report that was routinely sent to us. At yeah, this, publication. Why did it disappear for so many years? I'm not sure. Or, or didn't it? Um, well, it looks like they've made some changes. I haven't seen it in quite some time. Well, this is the first time I've held a copy in years. Ugly duckling turned Miss America contestant reveals how impossible people can actually empower you. Huh? Guess. We'll never have. Never going to have that never one. Never have that guest. Never, uh, never ever. have that guest. Uh, uh, Patrick will be joining us for the uh, sports talk, and uh, I have an interesting thing I was told uh, about the St. Thomas game Saturday. Okay, uh, if I find it interesting, we'll see if uh, I'm sure he will. If Pat does, so uh, if you're looking for us next week, you're going to find the podcast always at garagelogic.com. dot com. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's seventy four degrees.